0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. We're live at the Sanctuary Oasis Conference in Las Vegas. David Letterman has a well-known Netflix series called My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. And my next guest is in that category, Mark Dibersian. Welcome, Mark.
1: Great, thank you.
0: Can you detail some of the recent changes in the RIA industry? Are we going through some sort of transformation?
1: Well, yes, but we've been going through transformation every decade for at least the last five. So I think that probably the most profound transformation in the RA business is the evolution from practice to business to enterprise. We're seeing far more substantial businesses in multiple locations with multiple service offerings, having issues around talent and people development and managing margins. So the good news is that uh, the market is validating the RA model, private equity is validating the RA model, and the flow of clients and assets to this business is also validating the RA model.
0: What challenges are the industry business leaders facing now?
1: Well, I think that the the question is really uh, embedded in, or the answer is embedded in your question, because uh, for so long as practitioners, they were managing a book, and now they're managing a a real business. And so they have to think about things like strategy and structure and people and process and profitability, uh, rather than the way in which they just thought about building up clients and generating income so uh, in each of those cases there are uh, real issues that are confronting the business as an example most firms have grown so fast that they've lost uh, a view of what their strategy is and without clarity around that positioning it makes it very difficult to know what kind of people they should hire uh, how they should invest in their business going forward and what the structure and processes would be so uh, i think that probably is the most a fundamental challenge uh, for a business that has grown so quickly.
0: What does the rapid industry consolidation mean for advisors?
1: Consolidation is a pattern that, um, that follows almost every industry, from funeral homes to termite killers to banks to accounting firms to law firms. Uh, it's a natural pattern that when you have a business that is comprised of what I call fragments, uh, mostly small businesses, in fact, mostly technical uh, oriented people, uh, that then uh, leaders emerge with capital and with a vision where they can get scale uh, and they end up driving uh, a different outcome. So uh, what the implication is for the RA business is that there will be some uh, dominant firms that emerge, but it's not clear who those winners will be yet. Uh, So, there's probably 40 aggregators or consolidators that that exist in the market. A number of them have run out of capital, uh, so they're going to have to take a breath or raise more capital to figure it out. Uh, A number of them have not built a truly integrated platform yet, uh, which is going to be critical. So my hunch is there will be a consolidation of consolidators. Uh, My hunch is that there will continue to be advisors who want to be part of a bigger enterprise and there still are a lot of old people in this business who are looking for a liquidity event, and uh, so uh, they will pass on their troubles to someone else who wants to buy them.
0: What are the characteristics of an enduring business that advisors can take into account when considering their own challenges?
1: What are the considerations? I think that uh, when we look at uh, how people run businesses today, there are lessons that every advisor can take from their business owner clients. Uh, primarily around the idea of creating something that's enduring so if if you recognize that uh, not only are advisors mortal so are their clients the question is how do you regenerate and replenish in order to keep this business going beyond you one of the challenges that I think happens in almost every professional service business is that only a third of them make it to the second generation and only 10% make it to the third Uh, so uh, uh, so that that mortality is is evident in the financial advisory business if people want to create something that's going to endure beyond them uh, they have to recognize as a fiduciary they have an obligation to ensure that their clients are tended to long after they're gone
0: how can an advisor evolve from building a book of business to creating an enduring enterprise
1: it goes to the point of uh, thinking about uh, how they are relevant not just to clients, but how they are relevant to uh, people within their firm, the talent, the employees, the partners. Because uh, I think that the, the, the nature of the business causes individuals who have a strong drive to want to have a death grip on their client relationships, and eventually they have to release that and allow other people in to help them manage the business and manage the relationships. So uh, at its core, it really becomes a question of how do they, how do they empower others uh, so that they transfer control of the relationships to key team members instead of holding on to it so tightly.
0: It was a nice 10-year ride for advisors. The last year, advisors got to show their true value or not.
1: Agree? I agree. I think that... I think that one of the things that happens uh, in a market life we, we've experienced up until a year and a half ago is that the market camouflaged a lot of sins. And, but the reality is the seeds of destruction are sown in good times. So uh, the value now is different because this is when they have to earn their keep. This is where they have to demonstrate their purpose. And if they are relying on investment performance as their unique proposition, uh, that's not going to be enough. They have to think about all the financial choices that they're helping their clients to navigate and find a way to, to reinforce this message among their clients that they're doing more than rebalancing portfolios. I
0: think the next generation of advisors are going to be great marketers using the power of social media to reach people. But I wonder about the, their power of wealth management behind that. Is that fair?
1: Well, I think that the core education for people coming into this business is different. Uh, There are 200 universities in the country that are part of the registered program for CFP, for Certified Financial Planner. And so uh, I think if we look at wealth management beyond investment management and say, uh, how are advisors being prepared to help clients navigate their lives, then uh, I actually think that the talent base is much richer. Uh, because historically, the way in which uh, this industry has developed is on the backs of good salespeople. And now it's on the backs of good technical people. So some mix of the two is going to be critical. But uh, frankly, as a client of an advisor, I, I prefer uh, my advisor having depth in the areas that are important to me. And, uh, and I'm less concerned about the ability to procure new clients.
0: It seems to me that the industry has lost its way a little bit on focusing what really matters, which is the end investors. It's all talking about profits, multiples, round B and C. Um, What's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I'm not sure who is carrying that conversation. I think when you talk to individual uh, advisors that uh, obviously they're interested in their own uh, net worth and their own financial success. But uh, I think that one of the things that is not fully appreciated is how Uh, This is an industry uh, that is driven by people who want to impact the lives of others. In fact, if you think about it, uh, it's financially rewarding, of course. It's intellectually stimulating. Uh, They do impact the lives of others. If you just add long walks on the beach, it's actually a pretty good personal ad. But the notion of why people come into this business may initially be for the money they can make, but I think ultimately it comes to for the impact they can make
0: custody. There was the big four, now there's the big three, and there's a bunch of smaller firms available. Why does custody matter so much?
1: Well, it's a requirement, obviously, to hold the assets somewhere. So if you're part of a big brokerage firm, they're going to be self-clearing and, and self-custodied. Uh, but the notion of having a trusted provider that uh, also delivers a platform where you can conduct your business efficiently, uh, is is important because for most advisors, they're small businesses. The custody business is a scalable business. It's one that requires size, depth, efficiency, processes, people uh, that most small businesses couldn't afford to create on their own. So uh, I think that the misconception, though, is that custody is a profitable business. Uh, it's not unprofitable but you have to get to a certain size before you're generating the returns that uh, that you used to in this business and uh, and I think that there's a lot of capital that's required to fund these enterprises so I see a lot of firms trying to get into the custody business but I think they're also in for a little bit of a surprise as to how demanding advisors and clients can be
0: are you enjoying yourself these days
1: yes I'm rewired not retired. <laughs> <laughs> so I am uh, spending 25% of my time on work things and the rest spending on life. And it's a, it's a perfect blend. The work I'm doing is what I want to do. It's intellectually stimulating. It's uh, really wonderful The people I get a chance to work with, but uh, life is good.
0: Marks, thanks so much for joining us. It's been quite a pleasure.
1: Thank you, my pleasure.
0: Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smallin. And the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.